Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Straight talk. No nonsense. Honest debate. This is The Roy Green Show. You can go to uh, RoyGreenShow.com, the webpage, and listen back to anything that we air. You can download it there as well, including the conversation I had with uh, the Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe, earlier. And the Premier made it very clear what Saskatchewan and specifically Saskatchewan's expectations are and uh, what the West is looking for. As far as fairness from Ottawa is concerned, and uh, with the Prime Minister tomorrow meeting with the Premiers of British Columbia and Alberta, Premier Mo said, look, it's the federal government's jurisdiction. It has been since 1867. They should just go ahead and do what they need to do. But Mr. Trudeau is, I don't quite know what he's doing because we now had the trip to Peru. I don't know what was accomplished there. For Canada. I know that he was talking to Mike Pence, but I'm not sure that couldn't have been handled by a video link of some kind. He's flying back to participate in the meeting tomorrow with the premiers of Alberta and British Columbia. And then he's right back on the Challenger and he's heading off for Paris. What terrifies me now more than anything else is I don't know what the uh, costume of the day is going to be. So I'm not trying to be funny about that. I just don't know. I just hope he just wears a shirt and tie or jeans or, you know, it's just a thought mine. We started the show today talking about Tim Hortons and specifically the fact that there is a lawsuit. There's actually two lawsuits. One is by, the, by uh, about half of the franchisees. Uh, against the uh, against the parent company, and the the parent company, the hedge fund in Brazil, is suing the franchisees, and they're also taking away a franchise from a very popular and a very successful franchisee. And uh, from what I read, uh, he was just informed by email that you know we're going to let you know we will inform you of who the new owners of your business are. What? Say again, and that's what a that's what a franchise that's what a franchisor can do. And I remember hearing about Ray Kroc, who was the one of the founders of McDonald's, and Mr. Kroc would once a year go on a tour, and he would stop into uh, various McDonald's restaurants. He wouldn't tell anybody who he was. He was just this gentleman who walked in and placed an order. And if he was very unhappy with the way the franchise was was being run, uh, he would just inform them that he was closing them down, get a hold of the owner or the franchisee, and within two hours, there'd be a truck there taking down the McDonald's sign. I mean, if you're not treating customers properly, then I guess you deserve that. Catherine Swift is the former president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. 
the small business community of this country. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Roy. Linda Leatherdale is the former money editor of the Toronto Sun, vice president of Cambria, Canada. Uh, Catherine is working Canadians.ca now. And she's back in Canada. Michelle Simpson, the former Liberal Member of Parliament, seatmate to the current Prime Minister, back in Canada. And didn't we just get some great weather for you? <laughs> yes. Just perfect, Roy. Didn't we? Did we look, Catherine and Linda and I were talking about this. We thought it would be highly inappropriate for you to come back to a normal spring day. So we thought we'd provide you with a couple of days of the kind of weather I know you missed. Yes. Welcome home. <laughs> It's good to be home. Anybody who's in the rest of the country, it's ice storms, it's massive wind. They say it's going to be a historic ice storm. That scares me a little bit because I start thinking about Quebec in the late 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm up I'm up north right now, so about three hours north, the east of Toronto, and um, it's the snow is unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable. It's not ice because it's colder here, but oh, it, it's massive. And, and, of course... I was out driving earlier, just briefly and locally, and boy, the driving was awful. Uh, the, I don't think the plows can keep up, and there's some side roads. This is kind of, this is rural anyway, but some side roads aren't plowed at all. And oh, I have a four-wheel drive vehicle uh, with winter tires and a manual transmission, and I was not having fun. Oh. So. Well, I want you to know I switched from a four-wheel drive with snow tires to rear-wheel drive and all-season tires day before yesterday. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, get out. Rough timing. <laughs> and anyway, it's awful. And it, look at the, the folks in Edmonton. What have they gone, like 16 months now without a day over, where the temperature's gone above freezing? No, I'm exaggerating, but there's some wild weather stuff going on in this country. Global warming. Global warming? Yeah. Global warming. That's what it is. It's global warming. It's so cold because it's warm. <laughs> That's that's right. So, look, it, we were talking about the McDonald's thing. I'm, I'm going to raise this with you. We were talking about the McDonald's issue, and uh, if you're a franchisee, if you're at the mercy of the owner group, and there is this you know, back and forth, there's this warfare that's going on between about half of the franchisees and the uh, hedge fund owners in Brazil, and the federal government is now looking at the, uh, at the promises made, the assurances made, by the hedge fund when they took over McDonald's in 2014 to see whether or not they actually followed the rules. And I think some of the franchisees are arguing they didn't. So so now that's a story that we do, we did two and a half hours ago, okay, when we started the show. Mm-hmm. When I look at Twitter, and we talked about it being an iconic Canadian brand, and we talked about it, we asked questions, is it, you know, if it's an iconic brand, does that matter to you? If it's a Canadian brand, is that important to you? No, no, no. Most people said no. One person said yes. Most people said no. They just want good coffee. They want good service. They don't want... But my Twitter feed, if you take a look at it, at the Roy Green Show, 80% of it, 90% of it since the show started is all about Tim Hortons. Yet it's such a... It's such a part of our lives. I think everybody can relate to it. Yeah. Everybody's been there, uh, often goes there daily in many instances. And I'll tell you, my many years at CFIB... There was always such a push and pull between franchisors and franchisees, and 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 there were good, there were very good franchisors as well. By the way, just to be fair, uh, but it seems to me in the Tim Hortons case, the problems have that this restaurant brands international. You mentioned the Brazilian holding company and stuff. They took it over in 2014. There seems to have been nothing but trouble since then, from what mm-hmm. I can understand. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I've heard as well. So what would the uh, what would the generic complaints be if the franchisee came to the CFIB and said, or a number of franchisees came to the CFIB and had an issue with a franchise or one in particular, what would most normally, most generally be the complaint? Well, it usually revolved around the the rates of return because so these people invest a fair bit of dough right they, they they make an investment in these especially something like a McDonald's or a, a Tim Hortons which usually have a a decent rate of return on them but they've got money at, at risk at stake here the franchisees and it, it usually involves something that impinged upon commitments made by the franchisor vis-a-vis what their average you know earnings could be and that could take many many forms it might be they thought the franchisor wasn't advertising properly because usually it's the franchisor that does say national advertising and then all the franchisees chip into that but presumably they benefit from it it could be i know with timmy's there was a dispute a few years ago because things that they used to cook on site suddenly were being now delivered frozen and anyway you know it usually involved money roy but the nature of it could be quite different in terms of the particular franchise and and you know the the nature of it. That's very dangerous territory because if you're talking particularly about an iconic brand, I would have thought, although the majority opinion on the phone was different, but I would have thought the majority view would be, hey, this is Canadian, this is iconic, this is ours. Double double was uh, was our invention, uh, so don't mess with it. Absolutely, I think that's an issue. Uh, there's a lot of people are, that have pride in the fact that Tim Hortons is Canadian, and it's never really taken off anywhere except in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, And part of their brand very much, and of course, I, I know Tim Hortons owners, and they are very much local people in most cases. And they make a big deal about, you know, financing uh, kids' camps in the summer and local hockey and things like that. And that's terrific. That's great. They are. But then you've got now this franchisor who's many, many miles away setting some different rules. So I suspect the distance is a factor here. You know, and one of the things that I heard, and because we we had a lot of people saying, oh, I go to McDonald's now because their coffee's better. And when it used to be uh, like crankcase oil, now it's really good. It's really tasty. We like it. But the price factor also came in. There was, there was, I think there was one caller. I thought there'd be more. There was one caller who brought up the minimum wage issue. Yeah. But, but, but it was basically, the, you know, you can turn people off. And I think, Linda, if you turn people off from something they really liked and really believed in, it's a lot more difficult to get them back than if you turn them off something they only occasionally took uh, know, bought or, or used. Absolutely, yeah. Roy. You know, there's a lot of faithful, as you say, Tim Hortons people. But I remember this issue. I wrote about this a lot. And I said in these franchise shows, get a lawyer to go through it because they don't have to renew. And they do have a whole pile of things in their contract that you have to adhere to. Now, in this aspect with Tim Hortons, I think it's bullying, bullying by the hedge fund. But again, I, 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 I say... You know, like there's laws in the United States that disallows the franchisors to become such big bullies. And I remember reporting on a pizza franchise where the where the franchisees went in with guns, Roy, <laughs> to the franchise. So it was it was hostile. And some of them are bad. Some of them, as Catherine alluded to, are good. And they set out the rules, and everybody makes a fair share. Another complaint is putting a Tim Horton, let's say, right down the street from another Tim Hortons. That's another major complaint with these franchises. But come on, in this instance, guys, 
Tim Hortons is part of our Canadian cycle. But, it had, but, it's, but it's their responsibility to stay there yeah. or people will cut out and leave. And I, I mentioned at the top of the show that I found a story on Global News in 2015 and Tim Hortons was the number one, uh, I don't want to use the wrong terminology here, but it was the, I believe it was the number one trusted brand. I'm, I've got all this stuff here. Uh, Tim Hortons slides from 4th to 50th in brand reputation. So that was uh, a few weeks ago. But in 2015, brand reputation, uh, Tim Hortons was number one. So they've gone from number one to number 50 in three years. That doesn't happen just because the ice is on the road or because the surface is slippery. There's no. there's intent that drives it that, that far know. down. And bullying, call it, but anyway. Yeah, that's not my feelings anyway. So I have to take a break. We've had this interesting. I feel like I'm in a coffee now. <laughs> when we come back, let's talk about Mr. Trudeau meeting with Mr. Horgan and Ms. Notley tomorrow over the Trans Mountain pipeline dispute. Uh, we had the Premier of Saskatchewan on the show uh, just under two hours ago. I like him, um, Premier Moa. I, I really enjoy talking to him. He reminds me a lot of Premier Wall. I was a big fan of Premier Walls, and he's very direct in his, uh, his expectations of the federal government and uh, expectations of respect for Western Canada, very clearly enunciated. I don't think Mr. Trudeau is going to have any difficulty understanding Mr. Mull. Premier Mull will just say the words to him, and then the, that is up to the Prime Minister to understand. We will come back with the beauties Michelle Simpson, Linda Leatherdale, Catherine Swift after this. You're only as good as your word, and he stands by his. This is The Roy Green Show. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Back with Michelle Simpson at Michelle Simpson on Twitter. Linda Leatherdale at L. Etherdale. On Twitter, L. L. Etherdale, and uh, Swifty01. Yeah? One, exactly. Okay, Swifty01. Martha's Vineyard. All right. So uh, let's get at this issue of Mr. Trudeau, who traveled to Peru and uh, is coming back to meet with Premier Horgan and Premier Notley, and then he's off to Paris when he could just make a decision for himself as Prime Minister of Canada or his government can on the, on the pipeline. Linda, what, uh, well, if, you, if you were sitting now with uh, Justin Trudeau, what would you say? You've got the power. You've got the power. Um, you're the Prime Minister. This, this needs to be resolved, as we know. The company says if it's, this is not resolved by June 1st, they're, they're pulling out. This is so important to our economy, to the well-being of Canada. And these little game plays between Alberta and B.C. in particular, um, it needs to be brought to fruition. Let's just move on and Justin Trudeau rule. This is your chance to shine. Okay, Michelle, you know Mr. Trudeau. You sat beside him many days. What's his answer to Linda? He, I don't think he wants a showdown, and he doesn't want to make a decision because he's had a long while to do this. It should never have gotten to this point. So it's it's about kind of ducking and weaving, and it's like 
It's a democracy issue. It's like all the tough choices. And the government just isn't making them. Is he just incapable of making difficult decisions? Is there something in his makeup? And, you know, we've all heard him I heard it said that he wants to be liked by everybody. Is there something in his makeup that doesn't let him make decisions because somebody's not going to like the decision he makes? Uh, yes. I would have to say yes, and he also wants to be reelected. But the primary thing is, and it's not unlike Paul Martin, uh, when you try to please everyone, you please no one. The old Ricky Nelson song, you can't please everyone, you got to please yourself. <laughs> Garden Party song. Catherine, if, you, if people know that you can't make decisions because you don't want to be disliked, boy, are you just opening the door to be taken advantage of. Well, this is the, yeah, this has been the track record of this government right from the get-go, is, is not making tough decisions on anything, trying to please everybody by spending gorps of other people's money, i.e. our money. Um, and the thing is, it's late in the day. He ha- he's had lots of opportunities to do something decisive here on a hugely important issue. I remember, I remember saying something on some social media, it might have been Twitter, a good two years ago saying, I don't think, when Canada faces a crisis, and this is probably really the first one he has faced as Prime Minister, you know, that's when his true nature will be seen. And his true nature has been a ditherer, like Paul Martin, um, and, and uh, putting, putting off tough decisions, fobbing them off, running away out of the country. And I saw, I saw some coverage today that was talking about how senior federal officials are trying to downplay any expectations for this meeting tomorrow already, like in, in yeah. advance of it. And it's like, is, is this all... I've called this government government by stunt more than a few times because they love the big grandiose statements with absolutely zero delivery of, of any results. And is this just he's doing this because the pressure was on to make it look like he's doing something? But really, nothing decisive is going to be said. The other thing that kills me about that, there's a lot of talk about um, them using even more of our taxpayer dollars to either indemnify Kinder Morgan or, you know, buy a stake in the pipeline or whatever. But that's not the problem. The private sector is perfectly happy to finance this, folks. We don't need our tax dollars at risk, and God forbid, governments managing anything, because then we really could, you know, kiss ourselves goodbye. Um, but, you know, that's not going to solve the problem, even if they did do that, because the problem is having a backbone and dealing with BC, which they seem to be incapable of doing. That's it. Yeah. So somebody put in an order for a backbone. <laughs> <laughs> well, a backbone's connected to the. Roy, hmm? I said grow a pair, and I still think that would be good advice. <laughs> what did you say? Uh, on a previous discussion we I had know. on this pipeline, I, I said I Trudeau has to grow a pair. Yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> no, but it's right. It, 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 it's so true. You can't just... You know what he's going to say tomorrow? We'll meet again. Yeah. Exactly. I have to go to Paris now, but when we come back, we'll yeah. meet again. Don't know where, don't know when. I'll be on the plane with the $400, 400 <laughs> bottles of wine to keep me company. <laughs> All right, beauties, that's our time for today. <laughs> Uh, Talk to you next Saturday. Toodaloo indeed.